Welcome back, everybody, to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Marcus. I'm here with my good friend, Jake. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? And my other very good friend, Tyler. Yo, yo, yo. This is a very special episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Uh, This is our Canada Day special episode. The reason we have a Canada Day special episode is because on Canada Day, we're going to be busy getting blackout drunk. (laughs) So this is a recording in advance. And uh, we, well, Jake, why don't you explain to them what we've done for them for this special Canada Day event? Yeah, so this uh, Canada Day uh, extravaganza will be a collection of clips from the show so far that have been uh, otherwise taken out for time constraints or other reasons. And so uh, now we're just going to have a bit of a, a bit of a fun little compilation of uh, things that you may have missed from the first, I guess, uh, 13 episodes. Yeah, it will be 13 by then. Yeah, you should hear some good opinions, just some things that didn't quite make the cut before and a couple outtakes that might get you laughing. So there won't be a lot of news updates in this one, as again, we're recording this in advance. So uh, uh, just buckle in and have fun with this one. Uh, You should say something, too. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this will be the Canada Day special. We're going to call it. Canada Day with the boys. Okay. That's what this episode's episode called. Episode 14, Canada Day. Episode 14, Canada Day with the boys. <laughs> Thursdays are for the boys. <laughs> Apparently. Fridays, Always. Saturdays, and any other day that ends in Y. <laughs> for the boys. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, uh, buckle in, have fun, and uh, hope you like it. Okay, this is a clip from episode 8 where we discuss the possibility of the Vancouver Canucks drafting Luke Hughes, trading for Jack Hughes, and signing Emil Pedersen from the SHL to create a top power play unit of Hughes, Hughes, Pedersen, Hughes, Pedersen. This is loosely based off a wet dream I had. Enjoy. Who would you, who would you take in, the, in the, the top 10 there? Who would be your priority to take there, Tyler? For where? If, uh, for this year? Yeah. For which team? For the Blues? No, the Canucks. Okay. If I well, if I'm sitting at the Canucks, I'm definitely taking a defenseman. So I'm definitely. And his name is Luke Hughes. Hughes. (laughs) Okay. It's it's a no-brainer. You can. You got his brother there, so he's he's gonna know somebody. And then hell, why not trade for Jack? Because they're gonna want something ridiculous for him. Mm, Just have a. uh, I don't know. It, it, it's like the, th- this just brings me back to the Gaudreau thing. It doesn't matter what you think he's worth, it's what New Jersey thinks he's worth. Yeah, and for, for, for them, he, they do, <laughs> but he's their Elias Pettersson, right? He's their face of their team. Mm, you don't think so? You no. think it's what? He sure? No. I think Nico Heischer. I think Nico Heischer is a bigger part of that team than Jack Hughes. Well, e- either way, so e- from a Vancouver perspective, you're looking at a Brock Besser or an Elias Pettersson. Why would they give that up at this stage of their rebuild, right? They're, they're, because it's not working? Well, they, he's been on the team for two years. You can't say it's not yeah. working yet. Well, they don't have they don't have much going for them right now. They don't, but that's pretty typical of early rebuilds. <laughs> is you get a couple, yeah. you know, a couple high end players, and you got to wait for them to develop, and you got to keep building. Yeah, but, but, but that's I guess recently thing. though, it's been like a embarrassment of riches for teams that draft that high, right? Like think about first like top three picks out of the 15, 16, 17. Well, seventeen's a bit of a an exception because the picks that should have went first ended up going a little bit later. Yeah. How much of an impact they had in right away. Yeah. Right? So, 
it's just like it, it, at this point you can almost look at it as like if they haven't taken that step now when will they and the, the problem is is the longer you wait the lower the draft value is going to get unless they take that step yeah I, I see what you mean but then uh, on the contrary then you look at a guy like Brock Besser who last year people were saying we should trade him because he wasn't producing quite well enough he was proving to be a little bit injury prone we were having some problems with him and then this season he comes in and leads the team in scoring Right, you, you, it's, it's all. While I see where you're coming from, it's also a scary thing to give up on, on a potential high caliber player that early in their career. Yeah, but Be- Besser did have a really good first season, so you kind of had at least an idea of what you're getting out of him. Well, yeah, right, like that's what I said. That. He he came in and impressed, right? Like these yeah. these players, like even like Matt Barzell. Or Kyle Connor, like those guys that came in in 2015, they didn't have this really elongated uh, period of where they were trying to prove themselves as an impact player. And unfortunately, Jack Hughes has been in the league too. I think this is his third year, um, and just this is his second year. Is it? His, is yeah, his last year? year was his rookie season. Okay. Well, all right. Well, then I guess he's a little bit more time to, to prove. But if not by the end of next year, he hasn't taken that that step to being well. Th- yeah. Then you might be looking at, yeah. at something. So but but even it's... still, the, the return they'd want for him is still big, right? I'm not saying they would be completely unwilling to move him at all, but they're gonna want a big return for him. E- either another well, what they want and what they can get are two different things. That's right. First, first overall picks generally have this like. Um, this, this idea behind them that they're worth more than they really are. But at the end of the day, where you're drafted doesn't matter as much doesn't matter as much as what you do in the NHL. That's right. And he just hasn't done enough to prove that he's worth a ton of a ton of value. So. I agree, but I also think New Jersey's not ready to give up on him yet. It, no, it'll be at least not. at least two seasons, I think, before they they really start thinking about pulling the plug on him. Fair enough. Yeah, but I, oh, I'd, I'd love to see that though. All, all three Hughes brothers together, that that'd be wicked. Um, yeah, but the other thing is though Jack Hughes is, is a center. I believe that's just what he's played his whole career. He doesn't yeah. play the wing. He doesn't do anything else. So now, where does he slot in? He's your second line center. You have Pedersen, then Hughes, then Horvat on the third line. No, no I, I think I think if you're doing anything like that, you have to move Pedersen to the wing. Yeah, I I can see that. So then that that becomes your your top line then is or something in the neighborhood of. Uh, Pedersen, Hughes, Besser. Yeah, or Horvat, Pedersen, Miller, Goudreau. something. <laughs> <laughs> you realize that there's a potential that, like, if all that ridiculous bullshit happens, that we could have a power play if we draft Luke Hughes and, and make that trade. There's a power play unit that exists that's Hughes, Hughes, Horvat, Pedersen, Hughes. That's a real possibility. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious to me. Yeah. Or you could yeah. have three-on-three overtime where you got Hughes, Hughes, and Hughes. Hughes, and Hughes. <laughs> yeah, but then you're also... You, you, as funny as that is, then you're putting out two defensemen, too. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they're, but, but they're one of them practically forwards. <laughs> yeah, Quinn Hughes is mobile enough to be a forward. You know what I like even more is if we if is if we pull off that trade and then we go get uh, Pedersen's brother from the SHL, who's supposed to come to the... NHL this summer anyway. Then yeah. you're then you're top That's your top Emil, Emil, right? Emil, yeah. Yeah, he was a Preds pick. Yeah, he he was a, too. He got a yeah. full house there. Then he said, fuck this, I'm going to Sweden. No, the Preds said, You suck, you're not as yeah. good as your brother. See you later. So you can still have you can still have like Chicago a, or Detroit or something. You could still have a top power play unit of Pedersen, Pedersen, Hughes, Hughes, and Hughes. Just <laughs> <laughs> <is> a full house. <laughs> I'd watch it. 
I'd watch their YouTube channel. <laughs> they all live in a mansion in Vancouver together. There you go. <laughs> the new vlog squad. <laughs> oh, God. Well, on that note, I think we should probably wrap things up on this Yeah, episode. things are getting a little stupid now. Yeah. yeah. We, anyway. got, we got a little too deep into my dreams. Yeah, forget about it. <laughs> Anytime you start talking about the Hughes, 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 Pedersen, Pedersen line. <laughs> That's how we go. It's time to shut her down. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more usable content we're going yeah, no. to come up with. Yeah, but come back again next week and uh, we'll have something. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about. There's always new developments in the NHL. That's right. Yep. The podcast there might is be always going to get better. Brother. There might be a fourth one. Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll guess find out. <laughs> I'm like 18. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. They, do they have like... I have no idea. This is what I'm talking about. This podcast is evolving. <laughs> We're just debating on if there's a fourth Hughes <laughs> brother down the pipes. Yeah. Okay, this is a clip from one of our earlier episodes where we discussed the idea of relegation in honor of how awful Buffalo was doing. And uh, we'll see what you guys think, but Tyler thinks it would be a good idea for the winner of the Calder Cup in the AHL to replace the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. Enjoy. What, uh, what would you guys think if like the best team, the team that wins the AHL, Replaces Buffalo next year. <laughs> like a, um, oh, what's it called? Relegation? Um, yeah, like a relegation <laughs> round. Buffalo just gets relegated. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, too. That if, like, would be. Like, let's just bring Here's Latvia. the problem, though. Didn't the Marlies win the Calder Cup? So it'd be like the Marlies against the Sabres. Well, the other funny thing was that, w- that would mean if that theoretically happened, at some point in the season the Leafs would be playing their own prospects. <laughs> and knowing the Leafs, they will lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even beat that team Zamboni driver. <laughs> yeah, lose to their own <laughs> prospect team. Yeah, safe to say that the would relegation so would be a bad idea. Yeah, that's probably not you know, happening let's, soon. Let's just relegate the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, good you idea. know what would be hilarious if they just relocated the Leafs? But you know what would be crazy, though? Solved. It's like, okay, in the early 2010s, Edmonton would have been relegated, right? So then you would have had McDavid playing on a relegated Leafs team against a bunch of AHL teams. <laughs> so the friend, like the best player in the world is playing in the AHL. <laughs> That'd be really funny, actually. McDavid's getting like 34 points a night. <laughs> on pace for a 2,000-point season. <laughs> Gretzky, your record's gone in one season. <laughs> yeah. Man, like, he already looks like he's playing in the wrong league. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if he was playing in the wrong league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this clip, we talk about how stupidly stacked Canada's roster is. Figured that's a pretty good fit for Canada Day. We also theorize the idea of a Team Canada playing Team Japan and definitely not taking their foot off the gas. I would love to see a line of like Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and like Mitch Marner or something. Tune into the 2022 Winter Olympics because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Canada's starting line. Playing well, or, or like Mark Stone on that line. I feel like he would be a better fit. Than that, that's the Marner. That's going to be. We talked about this before. Why like being in charge of Team Canada would just kind of be fun. Is because it's like, what do you do? Do you want to load up the first line? Do you want to evenly spread the stupid amount of depth across the whole roster? Well, I, th- I think you have to put like Crosby, Marshan, and 
Bergeron back together because that was just disgusting. But, but the honestly, crazy thing is that's, that's, like that's the second line. line. Not that, even. That's not even. I think yeah, that's like third, third line. line. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like it, it's nuts. Yeah, that that was your first line in 2016. Yeah. yeah. So Which your is... first line now is McDavid for sure. Oh, yeah. McKinnon. Who do you put on the other wing? I like Stone. Well, Stone's gonna get you the puck and he's gonna take the puck away from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Stone takes the puck away, gives it to McDavid, he skates, skates fast, everybody scores. Or McKinnon, who could yeah, do the exactly. exact same thing. What I would do, my top line is McDavid, McKinnon, and Barzell, because just no one will catch them. <laughs> do you have any idea how much I would brag about that? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. First line Played against Canada. that guy. First line Two team shifts. <laughs> one. One shift. First uh, line team Canada. All I want to say is... I would love to see them play against like Japan or something. Oh my god! And, and not take it easy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about two thousand points in the minors? <laughs> I want to see no, two thousand points like, a game. One hundred and seventy-five points in one game against Japan. <laughs> in one period. Yeah. Yeah, you thought the nuclear bombs were bad? You should see what we're about to do. Oh my god. Okay, this next clip is a bit of a longer one. This is me, Jake, and Tyler discussing the player interview polls. Uh, in this clip, hell freezes over a little bit as I give praise to a couple of Leafs in a very rare moment. All right. Jumping back into hockey, we're going to jump over to the player interview polls that the NHL just released. And uh, I'm going to get your guys' takes on uh, the results. Okie doke. In your guys' opinion, who is the best goal scorer in the NHL? Marcus? Don't make me answer that. I don't want to say his name. I mean, All right, I, I'll say it for you. Alexander Ovechkin. I think it's Alexander Ovechkin. If we're talking about career numbers, yes. It's, the, based, it's based on this year. I mean, I know that the North Division was, if not the weakest division, one of the two weakest divisions in the league. I know the goalies weren't that great. I know the defense wasn't that great. But I mean... He broke 50 goals in a shortened season. I can't not say Austin Matthews. I don't want to say Austin Matthews. But it was Austin Matthews. Yeah, I agree. Austin Matthews. I find that surprising. I thought you would have gone with someone else. I would have picked Ovechkin, but he didn't He didn't have the year that Matthews had. Yeah. Most of Ovechkin's goals were on the power play, like they usually are. But yeah. that's also this year. This year, he Austin Matthews broke fifty goals, like Marcus said. There's just no beating that. Yeah, the one thing I will say that's incredibly impressive about Alex Ovechkin is that he's had the exact same shot from the exact same place in the exact same situation for his entire career, and seemingly no one can stop it, even though they know it's coming. They know exactly what's going to happen. And there's something very impressive about being able to do that against professionals at the NHL level. Okay, so the top three for the best goal scorers was Austin Matthews at number one, Alex Ovechkin at number two, and David Pasternak at number three. That makes a lot of sense. I, I'm not at all surprised by those results. Who do you guys think... Is the best defenseman? Quinn Hughes. <laughs> if Jake. Quinn Hughes was two inches taller, he would be the best defenseman in the league. 
Well, I already so know where not. Jake's going with this. Just just get it over Roman with. Yossi's wife. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Clearly she's not playing very good defense because I'm pretty sure she's pregnant. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she is. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with Roman Yossi. No, I'm not going Yossi. I'm going... One of these days, <laughs> you're going to have to agree with me that a Nashville Predator is a best something. I don't think I'll have to do that. I don't think they'll give me a reason to do that. <laughs> One day they will. When I look at like all-around defensemen, Quinn Hughes, he's so underrated. <laughs> <laughs> People don't... No, shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's... Listen to me, okay? Okay. He is... He may be small. And we all know that is not a factor okay. when it comes to being... Let's do UC Saros. <laughs> no, if he has he has the skill set to be able to be the best defenseman in the league. Okay. All he needs is a proper partner. He could still grow. He's only like 19. <laughs> he he can grow. <laughs> he might hit more of a growth spurt. He's 22. Oh, <laughs> it could come late. I d- you get that guy a proper defensive partner, maybe a stick that's a couple inches longer, <laughs> and uh, guy's unstoppable. He's just got to put on a couple pounds, <laughs> uh, just so he can box some guys out a bit more. Okay. Yeah, he, he will be incredible, the best defenseman. I would expect him to be number one on the voting. <laughs> I'm. Well I'm gonna go with Victor Hedman. Because yeah. it's Victor Hedman. Yeah. And he's a beast. Another great option would be someone like Kale McCarr. But I Kale, disagree. But Kale McCarr, <laughs> for me, just like Quinn Hughes, is too young and not quite developed enough. Whereas Hedman has that all-round game where he's not... He, he has a good defensive core with him, but he doesn't have like the team around him or the defensive core around him that I would say Kale McCarr has. Matias Olin mentored him, so I'm not surprised at so. how talented he's become. On the list, Victor Hedman was by yeah. far yeah. the highest vote. Roman Yossi was number two. Oh, hey, kidding. there we he's go. He's got snubbed. Kale McCarr was number three. Oh, that's gross. And somehow, Drew Doughty got votes. Drew I don't know, Doughty? I don't know how, but somehow, Drew Doughty got votes. How many? Uh, was it one? Was it like, like <laughs> he voted for himself? <laughs> like two point seven three percent. Wow, that's a sizable chunk of the NHL. That makes me think. Wait, this interviews every player, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah so. so his entire probably team. the entire LA Kings just voted for him. Yeah, because they all have brain damage. <laughs> oh my wow. God. Okay. Huh. All right. Next on the list, let's jump into the best goalies. Marcus, you seem like you really want to take this one away, and I'm not handing it over to Jake. <laughs> if UC Soros <laughs> was two inches taller. Two inches. That's all we need. It he, would be him. He would be worse. It would be him. But because he is not that, and yes. I know that this is not factoring in the playoffs, but I am Carey Price. Carey Price has been lights out 
especially in the playoffs, but in the regular season too. He's dragged this team as far as they've made it, which at the time of recording is game two of the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. My vote, knowing what I know now, is Carey Price. All right, Jake. Who are you picking on this one? Everyone, you can just hit that fast-forward button for about <laughs> nine minutes. I've gone into it before. I've explained why when we talked about the Vesna that I think... and. Uh, <laughs> Come on, like I've gone into this. I've explained myself. It's why we have the running joke. I think UC Saros was the best goalie this year, but the best goalie in the NHL. I'm actually going to agree with uh, Marcus here. Wh- I think that what I think that uh, UC Saros was a was an amazing goalie this year, but I think that um, you know I I can't ignore playoffs. You know he's he's been so clutch. He's he's been way better than he was in the regular season. I mean, some of the saves he's making are, like, all-time saves. They're insane. He's making saves that, like, how like how does he even see the puck? He just, yeah, he's blown me away enough to say that I think he's the best goalie in the NHL, but I don't think he would win the best. Put that in the archives, ladies and gentlemen. Jake Jude agreed with me <laughs> on a thing. <laughs> yeah. I think most people are probably going to say Vasilevsky, but you put someone like Carey Price on that Tampa Bay team, oh my God. they don't lose a game. They're also now $28 million <laughs> over the cap. I really thought he was going to say, but you put Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> uh, I'm not done. Oh, oh great. No. He's backing him up. Oh, my God. But their con- Vachelessi's contract and Price's contract are not that far off. Yeah, that's true. So it wouldn't create too much of a difference. But, I mean, for the best goalie, you can't look any farther than Sergey Bobrovsky. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Stand behind your man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's making like 11 5 for a reason. I don't know what, what reason. reason is that, Tyler. <laughs> we'll find I, out in the Stanley Cup finals. Haven't figured it out because the finals aren't on yet, but. <laughs> exactly. The, the GM went on. Uh, it's Dale Talon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Dale Talon. Yeah, he. He went on Amazon and saw that bench warmers cost twelve million. So he saw Bobrovsky and went, "What a steal! Eleven point five. Yeah, I mean, he had that one great year, but I mean, you never know. He he's the best goalie, hands down. We're going with it. Yeah. Number one on the list Jared, by, by a yeah. landslide was Vasilevsky. Yeah. Number two, Mark Andre Fleury. Really? Really? You can't discount Fleury. He's got a great yeah. team in front of him, but he's he's. I'm a, surprised he's number two, but there's there's goalie. no denying he's an incredible goalie. I'm still surprised he's number two, though. Yeah, that's that's high for me. Yeah. I, I'd have him maybe three or four, but I also have Price up there. So, yeah. I don't know. Th- these players are idiots. We know more than them. <laughs> Carey Price is number three. Okay. Okay, well, go. some of them are smart, I guess. And then Hellebuck. Yeah, that that works out. Hell- no, I, pff, no. Oh, God. I he can't. hates the Jets. Just ignore whatever he's about to say. <laughs> no, that's all I'm saying. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Here's an interesting one. You're right. They're all wrong. Who is... We, we got to keep these quick because there's a few more to go through, okay. I think. But who is the most complete player? Nathan McKinnon. Speed, defense, heart, shot, passing ability, uh, range. I think it's Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I, I want to disagree, but you're right. He's so well-rounded. He's so good at his job and other people's jobs. I, I can't – yeah, I have to give it to McKinnon. I'm in the exact same boat. Plus, he's a team player willing to take pay decreases every year or pay cuts every year when he can easily be making top dollar. Yeah, You can't go wrong with Nathan McKinnon. 
All right, let's see what idiot they picked. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. All right, the clown who dives all over the ice. Let's well, go. Oh, let's. I wouldn't there, go that far. There was a tie for first, though. Oh. Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron. I can get behind Patrice Bergeron more than I can get behind Sidney Crosby, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Patrice Bergeron is I feel like people forget he's almost the. He's the Uno reverse Quinn Hughes. He's just a forward that's really good at defense. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Barkov, number three. Barkov was number three? Yep. You know, good for Barkov, though. He does not get the credit he deserves playing in that market. McDavid, number four. Really? McKinnon was not mentioned in the top McKinnon, four. McKinnon, number five. McKinnon, number five. Kopitar, <sighs> number six. Anze Kopitar was suggested. I have not paid enough attention to LA this year. I don't know how good yeah. Kopitar was. I think, yeah. Yeah, McKinnon at six. That surprises me. And Crosby at one surprises me. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love Sidney Crosby. I think he's a, a great uh, national icon, really. But, uh, yeah, number one this season for well-rounded players, yeah, it's, that's just not where my vote's going. All right. If you need to win one game, who is the one player, any position, you would want on your team? Should we all say it at the same time? <laughs> one, two, three. Three. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, you see, you go first. Uh, no, it's obviously Connor McDavid, but come on, guys. <laughs> guys Who did generation. you say, Marcus? I said Carey Price, and the reason I said that is did anyone notice that that two teams tried to rely on two people? That was the Edmonton Oilers tried to rely on Connor McDavid. Yeah, but you only have to rely on one. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's well, but they have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Fair. And the Montreal Canadiens had Carey Price. And Nick one of those teams got <laughs> one of those teams got swept in the first round. The other team is currently in a deadlock at one game apiece in the third round. Before the playoffs, I would have said Connor McDavid. Today, knowing what I know, I'm saying Carey Price because that is proven. Yeah, but the to question be... is, who would you want on your team to win one game? Right, that's the question. And I think if like Connor yeah. McDavid can score five points in a game, is it a regular LeBron. season game or a playoff game? Because There's, I believe in the playoffs just, he had. It's one like an exhibition point? game. It's one game. All right. Well, Connor McDavid was voted number one. Surprise, yeah. surprise. surprise. Okay. Sidney Crosby was voted number two. Man, again Nathan McKinnon number three. What? Bergeron number four. Vasilevsky number five, and. Patty Kane, number six. Jeez, you say Patrick Silky Maroon. Mints, Patty Kane. Patrick Maroon. <laughs> oh, I heard a joke the Fatty other day. Patty, it, was baby. Like, it was like when Patrick Maroon scores a hat trick, he doesn't score a hat trick. He scores a fat trick. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Love that. All right. Who has the best shot in the NHL? This should be an easy one. One, two, three. Oh, Alex Weber. Ovechkin. What the fuck, oh, Jake? What did you say? <laughs> Shea Weber. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Hey, All he, right. He's a Canadian. He's not even a Pred. Why are All you right. hazing me? Well, Ovechkin was number one. Yeah, yeah. good. Matthews was number two. But Weber was number three. Really? Weber was number three? Weber was number three. Wow. Hell yeah. Line A was number four. Okay. Yeah, that's all he's got is shot. McKinnon, yeah, number five, true. and pass the number six. Okay. Wow, I mean, Weber's got Weber's a hard shot, but he's not yeah. your sniper. <laughs> no, yeah, he he fucking misses. He just it shoots it through the goal. <laughs> yeah, he shoots it hard, but yeah. All right, this should be another easy one. Who is the best stick handler? Is that an easy one? Um, oh wait, well I have my answer, but I have my answer. It's yeah. so it's mine's so obvious that it might be too obvious. And well, who is it? Wrong. Go ahead. I was gonna say Connor McDavid, simply because of the speed he can handle it at. 
I'm thinking more along the lines of like who's got better dangles or who who can move the puck well. I don't know. That's just the way I hear the question. But yeah, Well, that's just it. That's right. why I said it's not that obvious. It's kind of up for interpretation. Who's your choice? The Patrick Kane. That's exactly who I was going with. Yeah. Patty Kane. Patrick is, Kane. He's got probably. the filthiest mitts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Well, you know who I've actually seen has really good hands, but you don't really see it that much in games? Is Claude Giroux. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's but you don't really nasty. see it in games, but he well, does. He plays for Philly. Yeah. Who was it that tried to mimic Kane when he was doing that thing where he was stick handling through like that maze of pucks? And then there was one other player on another team that tried it and couldn't do it. And he got pissed off and he started like throwing his gear around the <laughs> ice and stuff. It was really funny. I don't, I remember the the thing you're talking about with Patrick Kane, but I don't know who tried to imitate. Yeah. Him. Someone tried to like another, I NHL think it was, I think it was Ryan Reeves. To be completely Ryan Reeves? No, it wasn't. It, it was not Reeves. <laughs> He's the last person I would think would try. He got into the NHL with his hands, but <laughs> with his hands, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but definitely like to welcome hands. a prepubescent Jake Jude <laughs> yeah. to the podcast. But if if <laughs> that now if that gets edited out, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> okay, right. you can Ryan edit out a lot of this hands. podcast, but that yeah. voice crack. Honestly, be there. we we might just end up with this is the podcast. Let's <laughs> going through these questions. What's the, what's the next one? Well. I'll tell you the winners of that one. Oh, right, right. My yeah. Bad, yeah. We got Patrick Kane at yeah. almost 50%. Connor <laughs> wow. McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Matt Barzell, then Barkov. Interesting. Makes sense, though. I get it. Who is the best passer in the NHL? I'm going to go with one that I don't even like going with, but it's just, it, in my experience this season from watching games, it's true. I'm going to go with Mitch Marner, honestly. Marner, he was top five in scoring, but nowhere near top 10 in goals. He was, uh, I mean, yeah, he had Matthews just sniping from every spot on the ice. But I have to admit that Marner makes some really creative setups for him. So I, I, I got to give my vote to Marner on this one. Our resident Leafs fan. Best yeah. passer, Marner. Best no, goal I, scorer, Matthews. I, I don't like saying it. Who but is it, this but, man? And what have you done with Marcus yeah, can Keller? Can you leave? <laughs> Make like a tree and leave. <laughs> Make like a tree and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Make like a Toronto Maple Leaf and choke. <laughs> yeah. Well, gag me if I bring up a leaf again in a positive manner. Okay. Oh, you guys want my opinion now? Uh, I, I guess like so. It. All right. So um, I'm going to go off the board, like really off the board for this, because within a small time, uh, this player has proven their ability to move the puck at just crazy accuracy. And I think he's he isn't yet the best passer in the league, but I'm going to bring him up anyway. I swear to God, if I hear the words Dante Fabro, I'm going <laughs> to lose my marbles. <laughs> marbles? Okay, grandpa. I'm going to lose my marbles. Um, no, so who am I going to bring up and who I think is maybe not the best passer in the league, but whatever. I'm going to bring up anyway. It's Cole Caulfield. Like you watch, really? Yeah. You watch him in the playoffs. Like a lot of their game winning goals were off beautiful backdoor passes by Cole yeah. Caulfield or like two on one passes by Cole Caulfield. The kid can pass. I think he's a great playmaker and passer. So I'm going to go with him. I mean, obviously he's not the best one. He's not even going to be on the list there because it was probably off of the regular season. And I think he's only played most of his games in the playoffs. But nevertheless, I'd, I'd give it to him. I think he's a great passer. We weren't even going to be anywhere near the same person. Um, I'm some. I'm going with someone I've watched quite a bit. Like, in the same boat as Marcus, he's passing to a great goal scorer. How do you not go with someone like Nicholas Backstrom? He has so many assists, set up Ovechkin so many times with such beautiful plays. So that's who I'm going with. The reason why Ovechkin has scored so many goals from that position is because... The offense or the defense has to respect the fact that Nick Backstrom's 
you know, there too. Yeah, he's nasty. Number one on the list is actually Nicholas Backstrom. <laughs> no way, really? <laughs> wow. It sure is. Hmm. Wow, okay. Number two is Patrick Kane. If you look back to the Patrick Kane and Panarin days, yeah, those two were filthy. That line was crazy. Yeah. Do you remember that? It didn't even matter who else was on it. Uh, yeah. Anisimov? I think it was, yeah, Artem and Nisimov. Yeah. And it was, it was, yeah, it was Kane, Panarin, and Nisimov. Ridiculous. And then they went and traded him for Saad. <laughs> Terrible. Trade. Great choice. Yeah, one of the worst trades in history. Then Leon Dreisaitl. Then Connor McDavid, Mitch Marner, and Sidney Crosby. Player personality. Who is the most superstitious player? Superstitious. Yep. It would have to be a goalie. Yeah, but I feel like this is really hard for fans to, to yeah. answer. Because so, like, we don't really know the players. But I've seen Connor Hellebuck do a lot of really weird pregame traditions. So that's be, that'd be my guess. Yeah, one guy, and this is way off the board, and I'm going to bring him up again, is Troy Stetcher. And this is just because he played here and I know a lot about him. He has a lot of pregame rituals and superstitions that he does. Like touches certain walls in the dressing room before games. He always does this cool thing where he kind of goes up to the bench, does this little spin around and shoots water up in the air twice. And it's just like every single game. And I was at a lot of those games, so I saw him do it. But yeah, I, I just happen to know he's very superstitious. See, I don't really know who I would pick. I know I've seen Holtby do a lot of weird stuff. Kind of he goes always goes out early and visualizes everything. But I've also seen Victor Hedman. Every game does that same thing with his manager where he's or the equipment manager. Oh, yeah, where, where he's like, like tapping his finger or yeah. like in between his yeah, fingers. Yeah, the knife and game. Stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Victor Hedman. It's definitely the coolest pregame ritual that I think yeah. I've ever seen. Number one on this list is Sidney Crosby. Number two, Michael Froleek. Okay. See, but I this is what I mean. This is what I mean, though. Like these guys, they know the players. So they like they'll yeah. know. We're not gonna know this. Like number they... three, Andrew Cogliano. Yeah. Like fuck yeah. <laughs> number four, Corey Perry, and number five. Sammy Gerard. That would have never guessed. Samuel any Gerard. Of those yep. <laughs> Sammy wow. Gerard. God. Okay. What a terrible trade. I miss that kid. This is the last question. Which player is the most fashionable? There's kind of two people that come to my mind. Okay. When I first hear about fashion, because it's the only thing you ever see on Sportsnet is Austin Matthews. Mm. He's always wearing some new fancy expensive suit. Sure, yeah. Or P.K. Subban, yeah. who's always impersonating Don Cherry or wearing <laughs> something absolutely insane. Yeah. But for my choice, I'm going to go with Austin Matthews. I would have actually gone with Ryan O'Reilly. He's got like, he, he's almost got like an older style of kind of dressing up to him, but sure. I, I like it. The the hat, the he's usually got like, not a fedora. I don't know what you call that kind of hat that he wears. He, he's got, he's got these, like the... Yeah. Straight brim, yeah. yeah, all the way around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I maybe maybe not the most fashionable, but I think I like his sense of fashion the most. Sure. Yeah. I don't like Austin Matthews. He just, I don't know. It's ugly. Okay. It looks like a potato, <coughs> Jake. Yeah. Well, I like that you brought up PK Subban because not only is he like smart when he comes to fashion, but like he's also someone who changes his fashion based on where he is. 
Like yeah, when he was true. in Nashville, he dressed so differently. Yeah, he had those kind of almost like cowboy hats kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he he also was tasteful about it. You know, like he mm-hmm. wasn't trying to dress up like a not like a, like a cowboy ten- baby. Yeah, <laughs> like Russell Westbrook or Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, like he he wasn't. It didn't look like he was he was putting on a costume. It looked like he was just trying to embrace the, the, the culture. Yeah, the culture there, which I thought was really cool. But no, the guy I'm going to go with is David Posternak. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, he's got uh, real cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't vote for Subban because he's not an NHL player anymore. <laughs> well, number one on that list is Austin Matthews, but number two is David Pasternak. Really? Oh shit! Okay. Number cool. three is Subban. Okay. Wow. Four. So we nailed it. Lundqvist. Oh, okay. Five. Wait, Henrik Henrik Lundqvist? Yep. He didn't play a game this year. I know. Five is Chris Letang. Okay. And number six is Rope Hints. Hunst. Hints. Rope Hints. I plays for the Dallas. Plays for Dallas. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's That's actually cool a pretty him. good, pretty good yeah, little player. He's a third line. But I'm definitely surprised not to see O'Reilly on that list. Come to think of it, I've watched mm. a lot of Blues games. They always show him walking into the arena. Yeah, he's usually like again. I think the reason he's not on there is he's not flashy. He just typically looks really nice. Is he the captain of that team? Sure is. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, if he's not, he should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, this next clip is a bit of a throwback. This is from episode one. And at this point, the podcast really had no direction yet. We knew it was about sports, but we hadn't honed in on hockey yet. So you're going to hear a couple basketball and football takes in this one. However, it does all come back around to hockey in the end. Uh, You'll also notice that the audio quality is a bit off. That's because me and Jake are both recording off of one singular headphone mic in his backyard so you might hear a couple birds chirping a couple fire trucks going by and maybe even jake's dad mowing the lawn uh definitely give this one a listen enjoy anyway we should uh we guess to go talk about some basketball sounds yeah. good yeah. yeah i'm here yeah cool let's do it um one thing that like i've been i've been noticing lately is like since the trade deadlines kind of come and gone we're starting to see like clear separation between uh, the teams that are like really the top of the pack, and then the teams that are going to miss the playoffs. And you know, we're, we've all established we're Canadian guys, and I know I'm a Raps fan. It's kind of sad to see how they were so good for so long, and now it looks like they're gonna not even gonna make the playoffs. Well, that's how that's kind of the circle of life with sports teams, isn't it? You you sell everything off, you get really good, and then once you're done being really good and your players are aged out, you've got nothing left because you sold it all to get those aging players. And now you fall to the bottom. And that's when you get your high draft picks and you start from the bottom. Except they didn't trade Kyle Lowry when he was at his, you know, highest uh, market value. And they, you know, signed uh, Pascal Siakam long term. They gave Fred Van Vliet a big contract. These guys are getting paid big money to be a playoff team. And they're being looked at as a team that should make it to the playoffs and go deep. And now that you look at their record and it's just it's embarrassing. You know, they're... They're not gonna like. They're just not gonna make the playoffs. I I do like this Gary Trent guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he hit he's, the game-winning three of the night, right? Yeah, he is looking unreal. Yeah. He's fitting it. He's fitting it real nice. I think that was a pretty decent trade. Well, like Jake mentioned, we're all Canadian guys, and I th- I think you might have spoke a little too soon when you said we're all Raps fans because I hate the Leafs so much that I also hate the Raps. <laughs> <laughs> like I just hate the amount of media attention they get. So when they were in the final, I was cheering for Golden State. Oh. I really I want anyone that's a Leafs fan just to die miserable. <laughs> Whoa! Well, lucky for you, most of them have. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's a good thing they all left a long time ago from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was good thing That's right, I kicked them all out in like the first ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, just establish right now if you're listening and you're a Leafs fan, leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if they thought they wanted to come back, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're talking about basketball now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it's sad. Like, like I loved watching the Raps when they were good and they had, like, they had, only had Kawhi for one year, but, like, even before that with DeRozan, like, it was just so much fun watching a Canadian basketball team succeed because we had a team in Vancouver and... Love to get them back. We Yeah, we'd love to have them back, but, like, we just got shafted with a bad team that just, you know, could never... Never get any better. And so Big like, country. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I'm, you know, you walk around the city now, and for people that are listening that don't live here or, you know, don't know what it's like here, like, you walk around, you will still see Vancouver Grizzlies merch in every store. Yeah, You everywhere. will still see people talking about how much they love the team. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure uh, the Memphis Grizzlies had a game where they wore Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys. They did. And, yeah, and, uh, and John Morant had a, a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey with his number on it that was, like, selling out. People really loved that team, and they want to see it come back. And, uh, yeah, it's sad, you know, but, you know, Tennessee's a great place to have a sports team, so it's never going to yeah. win. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's just sad. Like, so in Canada, you know, watching the Raps succeed, it was a lot of fun. What about what about the freaking, like, the super teams coming into, like, the NBA over the last years with, like, starting out with, like, Golden State and then Cleveland and oh, now we're looking at a super stacked Brooklyn Nets team. Well, dude, you can even look back to, like, the Miami Heat. Even, like, the Spurs to a certain degree, like, back in the late 2000s. I mean, the Celtics, like, super teams are yeah. a new thing. Um, it's just that, like, now they're not just super teams. They're, like, like super, super teams with, like, every spot on the court has an all-star. And if you don't, you're just straight up not going to win. It's just crazy. And, I mean, like, for me, watching the Brooklyn Nets play throughout the 2010s was painful because they made that one deal in, like, 2012 where they sent, like their future away for, like, a 45-year-old Kevin Garnett. And so, like, now to see them basically, you know, not have to rebuild it all, but just to attract all this talent because they're in Brooklyn, it's just sad because, like, a team like the Denver Nuggets are never going to attract anyone that's anywhere near, like, what they've been able to build in, in Brooklyn just because it happens to be Brooklyn. Yeah, or, like, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, right? Like, they're going to suck forever unless they draft some all-star that... that, that brings in other all-stars yeah but who says exactly who says they're gonna stay yeah even that the NBA people leave all over the place yeah there's just no loyalty I mean I guess like you can look at uh uh, Giannis like Giannis re-signed in Milwaukee which I was I was blown away I thought there's no way he's going back to Milwaukee I thought he was going to the Heat for sure yeah somewhere but yeah no he re-signed in Milwaukee and didn't um was it Brogdon that re-signed there too Anyway, it was one of the it was one of the like supreme players in that team or whatever. But like, it's funny because like, even though they have the best player in the league, they have like a oh, future. Maybe, maybe you're thinking you're thinking Chris Middleton. Yeah, yeah, it must have been Chris Middleton. But like, even though they have these guys who are like pretty good, but you know they don't have the like they don't have James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Blake Griffin. You know, like and what is it? Um, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge and DeAndre Jordan. Like. Like, they have a starting five and a bench player that are all former or current All-Stars. Like, it's ridiculous. How does a team compete? Yeah. 
that's, I mean, that's not the whole reason, but that's part of why I'm not, like, the, like, I, I follow basketball a bit, I understand it, but, like, I'm not sitting down at home every night and watching basketball games. And that's part of why, is I find the regular season kind of means nothing, because with about 20 minutes of internet research, you can find out who the final four are going to be in the playoffs at the beginning of the season. Well, yeah, it's easier to project basketball because there's fewer players on a team, which means there's less variance, right? But to me, that makes it less fun. That's kind of the whole thing about sports, is just because someone's good and someone's bad doesn't mean that good team is going to beat that bad team. There's Be- upsets, right? You know what's funny is, like, I guarantee you, if at the beginning of this year, you sat someone down and you said, hey, tell me who the top four teams in the league are going to be, not a single one would have told you the Phoenix Suns would be in second place in April. Like, or, or the Utah Jazz. Or the Utah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's just, so there is that variance, but it just doesn't happen as often as you'd think. And, like, and I guarantee you, nobody would have said the New York Knicks are going to be in a playoff spot. Yeah, the Knicks have been, like, the Haven't Buffalo been, like, Sabres for years. For, yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, like, like, basically the New York Knicks, the New York Jets, or, yeah, the New York Jets and, I don't know, pick whoever you want from, from the MLB, uh, like the Mets, I guess. They've all been like the joke New York team, and mm. you know now they're in a spot, and it's crazy. Like you know, it's funny, and anyone listening here who hasn't done this, I highly recommend you do this. There's a guy named Stephen A. Smith. If you don't know anything about him, you really oh should because he, he's insane. Go look up just like a compilation of his comments on the New York Knicks. It's so fun, and I don't care if you've never watched a basketball game in your life. If you're not a basketball fan, that guy, his. Just insane clips are freaking hilarious. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That actually just Tommy got me Bull. thinking. That that got me thinking what you just said about how, like, all those New York teams have been kind of a meme for being bad and whatever. Yeah. It's kind of funny how cities seem to do that in waves with their sports teams, isn't it? Look at Tampa, right? All, all the success their teams had this year. Look at Boston a few years ago, how all their teams were winning championships. Uh, a weird stat... Local Vancouver boys stat. 1994, the Canucks go to the finals, the Lions win the Grey Cup. 2011, the Canucks go to the finals, the Lions win the Grey Cup. It's kind of weird how it seems to rise and fall that way, almost not team by team, but city by city. Hmm. It's kind of funny how that tends to happen. Uh, I think a year or two after the Canucks were in the finals and the Lions won the Grey Cup, the Vancouver Canadians won two back-to-back championships Hmm. in the league that they're in. It's just kind of funny how that works. Yeah. And it's funny how you see the energy change in a city around not just a team, but sports as a whole. How many people even bother watching sports. Yeah. So if you're if you're a betting man and the Canucks make it to the finals, you go take all the money you have and throw it on the Lions to win the game. <laughs> right. There, there's, there's a, seriously, as far, the Canucks have been to the finals three times, two of those same years... The Lions have won the Grey Cup. Yeah. G. Roy Simon's I'm, coming I'm out of retirement. <laughs> He's, you know, lining up at linebacker, and they're winning the Grey Cup regardless. I'm, I'm selling my house and putting it all on the <laughs> over. Yeah. You're living in a box for the rest of your life. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. That, that's fun. That's that's weird, though. Like, I wonder what if that's really just a complete fluke or if there's some type of yeah. something behind that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of, like, other examples, and, like, this might be a bit of a Game's stretch. Rigged. 
But think about like the yeah, <laughs> yeah straight up rigged. Every sports league ever is rigged, which, and all the top owners all know about it, yeah. and they decide which city they're gonna have yeah. have success this year, and which city is gonna be New York. <laughs> <laughs> which will always be New York. Yeah. It's just Honestly, always gonna be there. Ever since I've ever watched anything football, the Jets have been a joke. Like they have just. Always been a joke. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But uh, what you were saying about um, about the cities being good in, in waves, I thought of another example, which is like kind of a stretch, but the Blackhawks, you know, they won 2010, 13, and 15. And then the Cubs, who were on like a hundred and... They went some odd, you know... Was it 2015? I think it was like 2017 when they won theirs, which is a bit removed from 2015. But I mean, still, like, if you're in a hundred-year drought... Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, to win that close... And you know what? Maybe. Or, or the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they were pretty close to each other, too. And look at this. If you... Man, I don't even like saying this out loud. While Toronto's hockey team hasn't been good in the playoffs... Oh, thanks for bringing up Toronto, by yeah, the way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, since none of them are listening anyway. Um, within a few years, Toronto's at least had a playoff streak, which they haven't been able to say in a long time. Yeah. They've looked like they should have passed the first round. They haven't, but they're good enough that they should have. Yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays got to, what, the Final Four? Um, was it the Final Four? Or? Yeah, it was the... I think it was the... Oh, what did you even call it? It's like the LCS or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're, what I'm saying is the Toronto Maple Leafs were an entertaining hockey team to watch. At the same time, the Blue Jays were an entertaining baseball team to watch. Yeah. Right after that, or, or and kind of they're during right it, the, time, the right? Raptors become a great basketball team. Um, mixed in with all of that, did they not host the World Juniors for hockey? I thought they're yeah, 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 they like did. like they just seem to have this year of about five or six years while they only won one championship. All of their teams were good all at the same time. Yeah. Just I don't know. To me, that that's a yeah. little that that just jumps out as well. That even, cannot be even, a chance. Even Cleveland, what they wanted, what twenty sixteen? Yeah, we didn't even talk with Cleveland. The, yeah, the the Indians lost in Game Seven mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. Of the championships and the Browns probably won one game, <laughs> <laughs> which is huge for them. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a parade. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying, saying we just we just stumbled onto something big. Yeah, we just stumbled onto something big. Like, I'm not saying it always happens. Like every team, every time a team is good, that means another team from that same city has to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's funny how not just one or two, but like three or four teams in the same city will get really good and really bad or really bad all at the same time. It, it just seems kind of funny to me. I just, I, I don't know, just us talking about this all at the same time, I don't have other people I talk to sports about. Mm. So this all just kind of came flooding into my mind, but I started looking at it and going, yeah, there's a bit of a pattern here. Yeah. That not just teams, but cities will go through kind of heydays or dynasties together. Yeah, yeah well, think about, like, even Edmonton in, like, the late 80s. They used to call it the city of champions. Yeah. The Oilers won, the uh, Eskies won, and that's every professional team they have in the city. That's but right. still, like, you know, it's funny. Like, man, yeah, it's, it's funny. You realize we stumble onto something like that, but yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the, Brown, the Browns went 1-15 that year. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Who'd they beat that year? Watch it be the Jets. Oh. <laughs> 
I wonder if it was the Eagles, if it was Philadelphia, just the Kings of letting other teams snap their yeah. losing streak on them. No, no, they beat they beat the Giants. Oh, the other New York. Another New York. It's all it's all coming together. That yeah. was a different year. Yeah, New York's just a punching bag. But still. Yeah. Whatever. We just like to beat up on New York and Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kill our biggest markets. Yeah. <laughs> For any fans. How the Steelers been recently? The Steelers? Like over the last like, oh, decade. Oh, dude, the last year the Steelers embarrassed themselves so bad. Oh, really? They, do you know what team they oh. lost to in the playoffs? No. The Browns. <laughs> <laughs> dude, they went... They well, went maybe, like, maybe they if went, Juju and Claypool weren't dancing all over the logo... They would have been able to catch some freaking ball. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, man. And seriously though, they went like ten and zero to start the season, and everyone was like, "Whoa, they're like they're they're gonna be so good, like they're gonna kill it." And then they start. Then they went on like a five game slide to finish the season. Wow. And then first round of the playoffs, they got bounced by the Cleveland Browns, and it was like their first playoff win in like a millennia. <laughs> it was like forever since they won, since they won a playoff game. <laughs> Okay, next up, we've got a pair of clips. Uh, they're a little bit funnier. Uh, you could call them outtakes. You could call them clips that just didn't quite make the cut for usable content, we'll say. Uh, without any further ado, give it a listen. Chaz Lucius. Chaz. Oh, my fuck. If the Canucks draft a guy named fucking Chaz, I'm going to switch teams. That's awful. Chaz Lucius. And Travic ha- Travic or Travis Hamonick's first goal is Canuck tonight as well. Do you want to try that again, uh, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. And Travis Hap. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the one we're going that's with. Don't retake it. <laughs> and yeah, Travis Hack a fuck me. <laughs> and Travis fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck Travis Hamonick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, try one more time. Okay, this next clip is our response to Leafs fans burning jerseys after their heartbreaking elimination from the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Again. And in these next clips, we're going to discuss some of the inbox questions that didn't quite make the final cut for our episodes. Um, Always make sure that you send a note to our inbox. We put one on our story every week and try to get to as many of them as we can. But we also try to cap the times of our podcast recordings. So... Uh, if you didn't hear one before, odds are you're going to hear it now. Enjoy. After game six, all of my friends jumped ship knowing the their team's habit of blowing game seven. That's fair. Uh, what, That's do you smart. Th- what do you think of Dougie Gilmore's response to someone burning a Leafs jersey that was his jersey? What yeah. was his response? So his response was donate the jersey, don't burn it. Uh, there's charities that would more than happily sell the jersey for, for you know. Well, there's something behind that, game. for sure. And, yeah, I mean, he's 100% right. The This weird culture of burning a jersey, I just I don't, don't like get it. it. You know, you like, spent, like, 300 bucks on the thing. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it just it doesn't make sense to me, you know. If you're a fan of a team, you're a fan of the team, you know. And if they do something you don't like, if they hurt you, that's part of the game. Like, you know, it just, to me, it's it's poor sportsmanship to burn a jersey I you know I I just I don't know I have a really tough time with uh, people burning jerseys as far as donating the jersey to charity I mean yeah if you're if you're really done with the team you say you know what that's it for me I'm never watching them again 
he's got a point. You know, donate the jersey to uh, you know the Salvation Army or whatever thrift store you can, and give that jersey a second life. Because maybe a kid who can't afford a brand new jersey will be able to pick one up from a thrift store, and you might inspire that kid to be a fan of the team for his life. You never know. And that kid will probably never know who Dougie Gilmore is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I do. The the only other thing I was going to add to that is just I I even get for some people that they're trying to make a statement. Like the reason they're not donating it is they want it to be publicly shown that they're done with the team. And I guess I think an alternative way you could, the, the happy medium would be what I saw someone do. They went outside Scotiabank Arena to where they have some statues of Leaf players. Yeah. And they just hung the jersey up on the statue. They said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want this. Whether they're actually done being a fan or not, you never know. Hockey runs they deep took through the some jersey people's back hearts. after they turned the video off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But again, you want to make the a message still gets sent, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. you you want to make a statement if that's really what you're dead set on doing. Put it out there because if you don't pick it up, either another Leafs fan will, or like you said, maybe a homeless guy will see it and say, "Hey, that's you know that's gonna be my pillow tonight," right? But that's uh, I think that would be the happy medium if you really need to make a statement, but. I, I agree with Jake on that. Uh, just donate it. If you don't want it, I guarantee you someone does. Okay, so this next clip uh, is recorded right after the rumors of the Sedins joining the organization were announced. And uh, one of our keen-eyed listeners noticed that this means that Malholtra, Burroughs, and the Sedins are still all in the quest for the cup. Malholtra, Burroughs, and Sedins quest for Stanley Cup continues. Yeah, well, Burroughs is an assistant with Montreal. I feel bad for uh, Malholtra. He's with the Leafs, so that's not going to be happening. Yeah, he's going to have to leave that over. Is he with the Leafs? I thought he was with Montreal. Nope. He's their power play guy, I think. Uh, He is, yeah. Burroughs is a power play guy for... uh, Yeah, that's right, he is. Well, they were both big parts of our power play. Malholtra has, like, one of the best face-off percentages in, like... I was just going to bring that up. Horvat, well... Horvat's face-off percentages have gotten a little bit better every year, but they were making leaps and bounds when Malholtra was here. And he's still getting better, but not by the same increments he used to be. Yeah, yeah no, Malholtra was just ridiculous. I don't know if that guy's lost face-off in his life. It was yeah. just ridiculous. He didn't even need two eyes. Uh, but that'd be, uh, that'd be pretty sick. That'd be my dream management roster. It was the Sedins as co-GMs. No, Luongo is the GM. Which is really funny because he had the my contract sucks quote. So that would just get thrown at him so much as a GM. <laughs> yeah. This question came from a listener who asked what our thoughts were on Troy Stetcher leaving and if we would like him back. You can probably already guess our answers, but stick around anyway. You'll hear him. Would you guys take Stetcher back? Yes. Okay. <laughs> did you see the move he made? Did you Did you know he was going to react like this? though? <laughs> Did anyone that actually ask that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was okay. an act. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh my God. All I right. Was, yeah. That was the stupidest thing he did all off season. Let Tanev go. Fine. Tanev got a ridiculous contract with Calgary. I wouldn't have signed it. The same with uh, Markstrom. To Foley, whatever. You took a chance on Jake Bertan and didn't work out. What were you thinking with Stetcher? He was young, he was puck moving, he was agile, he was great on the blue line, he was just coming into his own. For Christ's sakes, he, he scored a huge goal for us in the playoffs not long after his dad passed away. What a great story. Local kid. Where's he from? Richmond! Is that local enough for you, Jake? That's fair. 
Christ with this guy. Oh my <laughs> I god. I remember him saying Burnaby wasn't local enough for I Richmond. know. Well, oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not from Pitt Meadows, it doesn't count. <laughs> Burnaby's at an elevation. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Stetcher sh honestly sh could have been a Canuck for life. Uh, and I think, honestly, he could stick with Detroit for a long time. He's been on their top pairing, he's had a great season. I think and no one answered one my though, question, did anyone see the move he made? Yes. That was, it was ridiculous. A, it was a game winner in overtime, right? It was. Yeah. It was. I love Stetcher. I have Stetcher jersey. Yeah. I think Nobody the, the, the short answer. knows why I bought a Stetcher jersey, but I bought it for a reason. I think the, the short answer to the question is yes. The Canucks would be very lucky to have him back. And I think there is a reality where he comes back. I think he loved it here. And if they, if they were to negotiate something with him when he's a free agent again, which I believe is this offseason, I don't think he's re-signed with Detroit. Maybe not. And, but he'll be getting a pay raise, too. The other stupid thing. Okay. Was that he signed for like nine hundred thousand for the yeah, year? Yeah, it was nine fifty k. Yeah, like we signed Schmidt, who actually got less points Didn't for like sign five point nine. No, we acquired Schmidt at five point nine, who scored less points than Stetcher. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes, I would like Stetcher back. Thank you for your question. Okay, in this clip, one of our listeners points out that Pod Colson is a proven playoff performer, and Mitch Marner isn't. Therefore. Pod Colson is a better asset to a team than Mitch Marner. You'll also notice, I cannot say the word Mitch Marner. Marner choked. One thing is for sure, Pod Colson will not do that. <laughs> Whoever asked that question, that's a great question, even he, though it's not a question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a correct statement. <laughs> He's reliable if you watch how he played in Russia in the playoffs. That's true, actually. They were concerned about him in the regular season in the KHL. Or a little bit concerned. Went into the playoffs. He was like their third leading scorer. Yeah. Like he did great. Yeah. Is so, he still with SKA? Well, yes, he was. The thing is, I don't think they really played him to his ability. No, they didn't. Until they really needed him. Yeah. No, there, there was. There's a lot of uh, politics that went on with yeah. him being in the K. But uh, because he was leaving. Yeah. No, he like, he has him. a proven playoff gear, and I'm really happy because looking at our roster, so does Thatcher Demko, so does Bo Horvat. It looks like a lot of our big stars play their best hockey under pressure, which is the exact opposite of what, Schmitt, of what Schmitt Marner does. <laughs> if Torts was in Columbus, he would destroy Mitch. Make him a puddle of piss. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Like, that's the exact kind of player that Torts would be sitting on the end of the bench for half of games. The thing with Torts, though, is that you got to remember a lot of these guys played for Lou Lamorello. Who is who's his reputation is that he is uh, very much a drill sergeant. Yeah. Um, and I think that they wouldn't. It wouldn't be as much of a jump for them as you may think. Well, he started off with Babcock. Like yeah. Right. So I think definitely Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas are more lax than those guys. But uh, yeah, I don't think it would be too much of a jump to go back. That being said, I don't think they're leaving uh, Sheldon Keefe. I think they're going to ride with him for a little bit. Okay, that wraps up our Canada Day special episode. Thank you guys all for sticking around to the end. Um, our next episode could be a Stanley Cup Finals preview or a Stanley Cup Finals recap, depending on how the series plays out. Um, I hope you all had a happy Canada Day. And from all of us here at Vancouver Boys Studios, have a good one, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. <laughs> Leave that in. I want that in there. <laughs>